This week's episode is brought to you by Audible. To browse their catalog of more than 150,000 titles and download the free audiobook of your choice, go to yhtv.us forward slash audible. Sign up or log in with your Amazon account and start enjoying your new book today. Hello and welcome to YHTV's Trinity of Life. This is episode 83. I'm Christina Suzuma, your host for this program. Thank you so much for joining me as I continue ex- to explore the wonderful world of healing arts, meditation, therapies, and the many modalities of helping each of us find balance in our individual journeys. We're always excited to meet those who are on the leading edge of creating change on this planet. And of course, as you all know me, to be that forever student and to continue to learn these essences that are could be minute but ever life-changing. Now, at any time during this show, of course, as you know, you can feel free to ask a question or make a comment simply by scrolling down on your screen and typing it into the comment box. Of course, be sure to click submit and we'll get... Um, your comments or questions write to our guest and get back to you. Or if you're listening to this as a podcast, please pick up the phone, give us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S-TALK. Be sure to leave your contact information so that we can answer whatever it is that you might have a question about. Now, today's show is coaching excellence. Now, what is that, you might ask? Our special guest is Patrick Howell. Now, Patrick Howell is a positive psychology performance coach. He is also a master practitioner of NLP and a founder of Team Development Group and DiscAffiliate.com. Now, he insists that he is the most fortunate person alive, and I I thought I was, but okay, we'll both compete on that level, (laughs) and a lover of nature. He's a TV host, and of course, he is also a father of two, he calls high-spirited boys, and I wonder where they get that high spirit from. As you get to know Patrick, I think you'll see why. (laughs) I would like to welcome to our show, Patrick Howell. Hello, Patrick. Hey, Christina. <laughs> how are you out there? Great. I mean, high-spirited boys. I don't know how your your wife uh, can deal with three of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, as I was uh, mentioning that, that I'm a, a high-spirit, I have high-spirited boys. It, it, to be, to be quite honest, the first thing that came to mind is, geez, these kids have a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then I said, well, how do I say that? How do I think about that differently? And you know, they're high-spirited. They're, they're full of life, which is what we want. Oh, absolutely. And the more mischievous, the better. That's what the Chinese say. <laughs> Do they really? Okay. Yeah, because they're they're creative. <laughs> and I'm on, I'm onto something over here. There then. you go. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Patrick. And and I just want to tell our audience also, Patrick also has done a show with uh, Dr. Glenn Woolman and I on Magical Medical Tour, as well as he is going to be uh, with us as a special guest on empowerment through positive psychology, how to survive parenting. I wonder why he is uh, expert at that, <laughs> you know, and uh, hopefully several other shows that we have coming up as well. And uh, also a uh, with the possibility of actually hosting some with me and uh, as well, like uh, Dr. Glenn Woolman and I. So he's here to party for the long haul <laughs> if we don't scare him away first. <laughs> so Patrick, now, coaching excellence. Before we really get into that, can you give us um your story, your history, and uh, first your life history, and then how you became an expert in this area. Yeah, of course I can. First of all, let me just uh, thank you for for having me on and for including me in you know possibly helping out in the future in co in co hosting or hosting some of these uh, you know empowerment through positive psychology programs. It, it really is exciting, and I, I do appreciate it. Uh, my life story, okay. Uh, <laughs> My life story. Well, I'm. Uh, I currently live in New Jersey, and I uh, have two young boys. I have a nine-year-old and a four-year-old. I uh, have lived in New Jersey pretty much my whole life, and 
um, really love it here. Enjoy, you know, enjoy my, you know, my time in New Jersey. We have a great state. We have a, you know, a lot of great people. I, uh, my story really is why I have a brother and a sister and, you know, my, you know, my mother, and I actually have three other half brothers and I'm very close with my family. My, uh, my mom and I are, are still extremely close. My father lives down in Florida and we're close as well. Uh, so my, really my life story is just that, that I was brought up and raised in New Jersey and, you know, have a lot of close family ties here and mm. a lot of family here uh, and enjoy, you know, living in this part of the, the, the country. I know that's a that's a cheap answer. It's not too deep, but uh, if you ask me more, I'll get more. <laughs> now, 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 when you were growing up, did you ever expect your life to come into the area that you are now teaching and such an expert in? Um, maybe not early on. Actually, I <laughs> my my original vision would have been to you know uh, to uh, be a rock star, <laughs> or, you know, be in music or what have you. But I would say certainly over the last, say, 15 to 20 years, yes, it was by design that I'm doing what I do now, mm. um, really by design. When I was younger, a real young man, I think I floated around a lot up until I was uh, I, I, probably a very typical man, uh, somewhat immature until I was at least 30, and <laughs> floated around a little bit. Uh, you know, I worked hard and always, and always worked hard, but not until I was around 30-ish, I'd say, that I started getting some real direction. Mm, mm. So what happened when you were 30? Oh, what was the turning point for you? <sighs> okay. Uh, good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the turning point actually happened during a, a, a difficult period in my life. It was a difficult, mm. uh, you know, challenging period. And uh, it had to do with a relationship. But really, the relationship was just the, the symptom of the, the difficulty I was having in life in general. And uh, it. The, the turning point really happened for me in some sense. I mean, I, first, I, I want to say that the initial spark for the turning point happened immediately. It was right there. Mm. The actual turning point, the actual turning the corner and making things happen has been a progression over many years. Uh, so I, I was having going through this difficult you know, uh, period in, in life. And I can just recall being down on the, the, the I'm right by the Jersey Shore. So I'm, you know, at, the, at the time, I was living maybe less than a, a half mile away from the beach. Mm. And I can recall being down on the, the shore uh, in mid-October, late October, and really upset uh, about just the way things were going. And, um, and I was the only one down on the beach. I mean, the Jersey Shore in the middle of October in a misty, you know, six o'clock evening is not very pleasant. Uh, so I recall being down there almost, I mean, I recall very vividly that, uh, that I realized in almost an instant why I was down on the beach. And the reason I was down on the beach is because I was hoping that someone would mysteriously and, and magically show up and lift me up and help me become a better person. Mm. And when I thought that, it was, really, it was very instantaneous. I had this thought, okay, this is really why you're down here, Patrick, to get some help from someone. And then I realized uh, that, that the, uh, this very next thought, or really was somewhat in, you know, intertwined, the thought was, nobody's going to be down here on the beach. You're the only idiot down here. <laughs> uh, the only person who's going to lift you up, Patrick, is you. The only person who's gonna, going to you know, uh, help you live the kind of life that you want to live is you. And that was the turning point for me. Mm. I said I, I made a decision from that very day that uh, the, the next moment and then the next day would be different than the day before. And it's, you know, it's been a journey mm. along the way. Uh. Wow, what a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Because, I mean, as they say, you know, the, the, the best things come out of the most difficult, the difficult times, like the, the phoenix rising from the ashes, right? Exactly. <laughs> In your case, it was from the Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so from that point, then, then you ventured into not the coaching practice. What, what did you venture onto then? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, what I ventured onto really, actually, the, the the biggest turning point for me was that that turning point, and then I began to um, to read a lot of books. I began to read a whole lot of books, and one in particular uh, was a book written by Og Mandino, 
And the title of the book is, is Escaping Me, but it was a book that was prescribed, and it was very uh, prescribed to read the book in a manner of you read one what they call scroll or chapter, but they, they referred to them in, as scrolls in the story. And you read that one scroll over and over again for 30 days. You read it three times a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon, and once in the evening. Wow. And the, scro the scrolls are really a positive and uplifting. Like, for example, the very first scroll begins with, um, I will greet this day with love in my heart. For this is the greatest secret of success, you know, in all ventures. Only muscle can split shield and even destroy life. But only the unseen power of love can open the hearts of men. So that's the, the general flavor of, of the, the different scrolls. Some were about developing habits. Some were about, um, you know, happiness and giving. And I read that book pretty much as it was prescribed. There were 12 scrolls, which means I carried around the same book for about a year. And uh, what I started to notice in myself and was that, that I started to, to shift who I was being in the world and start seeing different results. And at the time, I had no idea that there was actually science behind that, that what I was doing was really creating new neural pathways and new, new ways of viewing myself in the world. I just noticed that there were results happening. And uh, the results started to happen rather quickly for me. I, I joined a, a local Toastmasters group, became the, the president of the Toastmasters Club, I wound up picking up a whole bunch of coaching clients. And uh, then was recruited into the, uh, the Dale Carnegie Training Organization, which is really one of the premier training, uh, global training companies around the world. And I spent a great deal of time as a, as a, a success trainer for that organization. Mm. Uh, and about nine, 10 years ago, I uh, left Dale Carnegie and reestablished my business, Team Development Group, which is in many different areas. So it's been a, it's definitely been a a progression. It's it's been an exciting progression. A whole lot of good stuff happening. Oh my goodness! And and so so in the meantime, just um, through all this, you you continue to to go into the different courses in education. When when did you begin to combine uh, positive psychology? Uh, yes, officially a few years ago, probably about mm. three or four years ago, unofficially, um, probably from the very beginning of my practice. So positive psychology is is a science and its um, its roots, official roots, the, the term of uh, positive psychology, uh, begin with Dr. Martin Seligman, who's now, I, I believe, runs the Masters of Applied Positive Psychology program at the University of Pennsylvania. Now, in 1998, he coined the term a positive psychology, which is really looking at um, how human beings uh, really flourish and thrive. Now, he started that or coined that in 1998, but there are a lot of right, uh, forerunners or grandfathers or grandmothers to the positive psychology movement, even though they might not have called it positive psychology, Dale Carnegie being one of them, mm. right? And he, uh, he wrote the book. How to Win Friends and Influence People in 1936, all around living, you know, um, a, a, a life of gratitude and, and goodness. And there's been, you know, obviously many, many others throughout the, the way. So officially a few years ago, unofficially, probably since I started 17 years ago down this path. Mm -hmm. You're already implementing pieces of it without actually know, uh, having the term positive psychology. Exactly. Without actually having the, the all the scientific evidence, which you know, I'm a I'm a researcher wannabe. <laughs> I love <laughs> I, I love research, and I love to to get my nose into um, the scientific data that explains why uh, things work, and in particular, the scientific data that explains how human beings can live an optimal existence. Mm. And that mm. comes from positive psychology. Mm. How wonderful! Optimal. That word optimal, that's uh, very vibrant. <laughs> I love it. You'll, you'll find out I love a lot of these words. I love words and language that, uh, that is vibrant because, uh, number one, I think it, it does a lot for other people. Yes. Number two, even uh, more selfishly, it does a lot for me. Right, the, Using language like optimal and massive growth and extraordinary performance is uplifting and, and it's empowering. Uh, as a you know, from a human being standpoint, and then we also know that that when we speak to to other folks with powerful language, they become engaged. Mm -hmm. uh, 
really interesting, not as a, as a sort, sort of a, as an aside, but it really touches on the positive psychology. There was research done out of the uh, uh, American Academy of Sciences, and what they discovered is how we actually talk to other people using really dynamic language, really enth- an enthusiastic approach. We create something that's known as neural coupling, meaning that that our the 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 audience, be it one person or a group of people. When they hear us speaking that way or hear me speaking that way or anyone else taking on this engaged, dynamic tone, that their, their, their brain starts to couple with ours and they become in sync with our message. That's why a lot of times right, if you've ever gone to uh, a, a, hear a good speaker and sometimes you do not remember the content, but you remember, <laughs> wow, right? You're, you're <laughs> just so entranced by the person. And a lot of that is because they're creating that phenomenon of neurocoupling just by using their body language and their language in general. Mm. Does it work for salesmen as well? <laughs> it <laughs> <Yeah>. must, right? <laughs> I, I think it does. And that's a whole big report. That's, that's a whole piece around the, the neuro-linguistic programming and the, the NLP, which all ties together to me. Right. So w- when I talk about being an applied positive psychology or applied positive, uh, positive performance coach and neuro-linguistic uh, uh, programming coach, Mm-hmm. then to me, there's, there's very little delineation. There's very little separation between the two. It's a holistic viewpoint. The only reason those labels are there is so people can understand some of the, the, uh, the history of what I do. Other than that, they, they all have roots in a lot of the same places. Mm. So, so Patrick, give us an idea. What are some of the ways that, uh, and some of the techniques that you use to help people like me? <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with we, you. We, I, I can bounce. I'll tell you. <laughs> you say, when you say techniques, what, like what, what are you really thinking? Like, like uh, what ways? Um, what ways, and how do you teach and support individuals? Okay, it, yeah, in a whole lot of ways. So I run a you know um, a, a coaching practice through Team Development Group. And uh, Team Development Group has really two major uh, divisions. We work with organizations dealing with strength-based organizational development. And then we have uh, the other half, which really I, I thrive on, is working with individuals in, uh, in quote-unquote, again, a life coaching capacity. When I say life coaching, I, uh, and you may hear a little hesitance in my voice, uh, because I think sometimes these terms get thrown around so loosely and to me, coaching is coaching, whether it be life coaching, management coaching, executive coaching, uh, coaching, people you know, looking to achieve different results and asking for someone to help, you know, help them get there. That person becomes a coach. Uh, so I work with, you know, with people in a somewhat a, a systematic format. I have quite a few programs where I, you know, I work individually. I have some programs that I work with people, uh, you know, in small groups and help them design a a future for themselves. It, I, what I find is that it's very easy to to just get up and go to work and make a living and <laughs> do all those things. A very uh, few people, uh, probably very few people, I should say, really spend a lot of time uh, designing where they want to go in the future. And I help people to to design it and use the scientific interventions to to help along with that as well. Um, so Patrick, not only are, are you working, uh, with individuals themselves, you work with different size groups and I noticed on your bio as well, you work with actually really some large corporations as well. I, I do. Yes, I, I do. And, um, I currently, you know, work with quite a few large corporations. I also work with the, the divisions of the department of defense and all of that work is rooted in what I would call, um, a strength-based philosophy. Now, mm. Strength-based psychology or positive psychology, apples and oranges, right? They, uh, they're, they're both fruit. <laughs> and <laughs> they, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Dr. Mar- I mentioned Dr. Marty Seligman is the father of positive psychology. Well, uh, Dr. Don Clifton is considered the father of uh, strength-based psychology, and he, he's from Gallup, the Gallup organization. I don't believe he's still alive. but uh, mm. So I always say that, well, you have the father of strength-based, the father of positive psychology. <laughs> let them battle it out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, so the, the work is really rooted in you know, strength-based um, approaches. And, and there's also a lot of research in, in that area, too. We oftentimes refer to as positive organizational scholarship. 
you know, how people oh really, gosh. how people really grow and thrive and flourish in organizations. And, and is there, is there quite a difference between the individual and how they would thrive as opposed to a corporation and there, there, as a group? Yeah, there, there are, there are, I think a lot of differences because when, you know, when working in a, in an organization or a corporation, mm-hmm. Usually that work is, is geared towards the betterment of the company as a whole. And when working with an individual, obviously we're dealing with things for the most part that, that are really self-concordant, just goals that they have for themselves that are set by themselves. Mm-hmm. So although, you know, the individual, the person might, might be very the same, might be the same, the context of which the coaching is delivered is, is usually completely different because the organization wants, right? They want to see either better productivity. They want to see, you know, uh, a better bottom line, better top line. The individual just wants to oftentimes experience more satisfaction, more confidence, more growth, uh, you know, really a whole, be able to set goals that they can achieve. So the context is so different that that's what makes, I think the, the coaching different. Oh, I see. So, so whatever the context might be ultimately is where the program is, is designed to exactly. approach basically that context. Yes, that's exactly right. You're right. So, so whatever the context is, and uh, for example, when I work with, you know, with individuals, uh, I have, uh, you know, a coaching program that, that folks sign on for say three months. Mm-hmm. And you might say, well, why, geez, why three months do they, do they sign up, you know, for three months or even six months? And the reason is, is because it's designed on a, you know, uh, you know, uh, in a system. It's designed in a system to achieve uh, what's known as, I guess, you know, Kaizen growth. And Kaizen is just a, a, a Japanese word um, in layman's terms for, for incremental improvements. And incremental improvements are huge mm-hmm. because they're what lead up to the big breakthroughs, the, you know, the aha moments. And so in that case, you know, I'll work with, you know, clients on a six month basis or a year basis uh, where we're, you know, we have something designed where we're going to work, you know, we're going to, we know we're going to meet once or twice a week for oftentimes even solutions focused uh, sessions, which are 30, 35 minute sessions where we really get right to the point. There's not a lot of whole, you know, a whole lot of time for uh, banter back and forth. It's just looking at the situation and then um, helping people to move forward. But yeah, it's it's really exciting. It's 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 great work. And then in corporations, the work is usually tailored. So we tailor something to fit, fit that specific group, and usually meets over a time period, time time phase period, meaning you know once a week for eight weeks or nine weeks until we start seeing some change and some growth in the organization. Oh, that's a that's exciting. Is there a lot of hesitancy when when you come in to design these programs? I mean, do you design it? first with with a core staff and then implement it to a larger core yes usually usually the, the my preferred method right i don't always get because when you're working with organizations uh, oftentimes the preferred method goes right out the window and they decide how <laughs> things are going to be delivered and if you want to get the paycheck then you you, you follow their guidelines but per, the preferred approach, yes, is to design something with a core team, typically a, like a leadership first strategy, meaning starting with the leadership and then filtering that approach down through uh, through the organization. Uh, I, I oftentimes, you know, 99% of the times begin with a strength-based assessment, meaning going into the organization. And instead of looking at... Um, you know, what are the gaps or what are the needs of the organization as being the primary focus, which is traditional in consulting is people, we, you know, uh, traditional consultants come in and look for, Hey, where are the problems? Where can we fix them? You know, what I, the approach that I take on is, well, what's already going really well. It's an appreciative inquiry approach. What's going well. And, and how can mm-hmm. we use our expertise to help this organization do even more of what's going well? Mm. Oh, I like that. Mm. <laughs> so, so you, so it's, um, so that's over a, a lar- long period of time, like as you say, six months. Whereas when you're coaching with individuals, is usually a three month program that you have for them. No, actually, the 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 in house organizational work is usually the the, the 
the lesser amount. So, oh. like for example, I'm doing work, you know, now uh, in a in an organization. It's an eight week process. So I'm with them for eight weeks, and then there's some follow up, some three to six month follow up. Uh, but it's really just touch points, making you know, uh, touching in and making sure that uh, that people are uh, you know are accountable to what they they committed to. And working towards the goal and answering questions. When I'm working with individuals, I usually rec- you know, I usually ask for a larger commitment of time mm. because that expectation of okay, uh, I'm with I'm I'm in this uh, you know I'm in this for three or six months or a year uh, from an individual co- you know person coming to coaching. That alone, right? If I sign up for a coaching program or uh, coaching sessions and I know that I'm committed for six months then already I start to open up new doors because the level of commitment is there. My mm-hmm. level of expectations of myself is there. So yes, when working with individuals, it's typically you know, a, longer, uh, a longer time frame, a longer window. Mm. So I'm, I'm, well, I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious as uh, I, I'm sure that you must have seen magnificent shifts in individuals and companies, or else you wouldn't continue doing what you're doing and continue your research. But can you share with us um, some examples of of these shifts that you have experienced? Of course, I can. Yeah, that's probably you're right. That's the most exciting part of the job. It's the most exciting part of you know of of being a coach is being able to to witness and see people shift in, yes. you know, in their lifetime. I, I, I've, I've really been fortunate and really been blessed and have been able to, to leverage technology and currently have, you know, clients literally all around the world in, in different, you know, continents. Uh, one example that I'll give you is just a recent one. And uh, a fellow, uh, Nick, who I was working with, and he's out in, uh, he's in Finland. That's where he was born and raised in Finland. And, you know, we, we worked together maybe three months, I think three or four months. And I just, uh, maybe a week or two ago, got an email from him, um, saying that, that the, the work, the work had just shifted, you know, had impacted his life overall, but more importantly, he, he said, why he said that now he, you know, he's able to look at things from a different context. And to tap into the strengths that that he already has inside, and feels as though that that now he can go into those strengths anytime he needs to. So that's huge, mm. right? That's a to me that's a that's a big thing. Here's somebody who, when they first came, was looking at life. Okay, nothing was great, and you know they they didn't have many strengths. They didn't have you know much going for themselves. Now to to be able to say, wow, I'm a, you know I'm a powerful human being in this world. I'm a radiant human being with a lot to offer, with a lot to give. And I know how to get to that place on my own is, is a big success, you know, a huge success for him. And for me, it's, you know, just hugely gratifying. And, mm. and I see, I, I'm fortunate. I get to see a lot of that. Oh, that's wonderful. That's, that, that is very exciting. That it's, it's lovely to see how uh, people continue on their journey and, and be able to live their life to the fullest, really. So, oh, magnificent. And, and, you know, Christine, I have to say, I, you know, for me, uh, the, the, the journey continues. I see the growth and development in myself. Mm. And, and I would say that anybody, you know, when we talk about coaching excellence, one of the, the tenets that I would submit is uh, very important if you're a coach out there watching this of how to achieve coaching excellence is to experience the growth yourself mm-hmm. and not to be ashamed of it, right? Not to be ashamed of, okay, well, I'm the coach and hey, hey, you know, by the way, Klein, I learned just as much from you as you learned from me. To be proud of that because then we're able to carry that over and carry that into the next relationship, into the next scenario, and to really have better insight when we're looking to, um, to help other people grow and succeed in the things that they want to achieve. Mm. So that's really important is that we experience it ourselves. And I personally experience it every single day. Mm, that's lovely. That's really lovely to hear. And I, I do believe society's um, take on coaches and coaching versus client, uh, you know, uh, practitioner, that has so changed in the past two decades. You know, before, if you were a coach, you'd never admit <laughs> you know, yeah. certain things like, oh, I'm going through this too. Whereas in today's world, people actually want to know that, that you are human, that you go through this too, or you have been there, you have done that, or, or you are experiencing at the same timeline, maybe, maybe at a different level, 
but the alignment is still the same. Yes, yeah, and that's that's huge. I mean, I the and you're right. I think you know many years ago that you know folks would they would never say that you know, people just don't want to you know they want to put up that mask many years ago that okay I have it all together and I you know I'm <laughs> you know I'm not human I'm this super person and a coach is not a super superhuman being a coach is a human being with um, hopefully with a, a different skill set or a different expertise than the client. And then they come together and, you know, they, they build a sense of rapport Mm -hmm. uh, and then the coach uses their expertise, not their, their, their perfectness, right? Not, there is no perfectness. They use their expertise in a certain area to help that, uh, that client achieve the things that they want to achieve. But uh, I mean, I always think of it this way uh, and I've used a coach and I use a coach that I want the person who's real. Right. Mm-hmm. I want because I know that not everybody's perfect. I know not everything's going well in everybody's life. I don't want to hear all the details of all the the, the bad things, but I, I do want that sense that uh, myself, that the person I'm working with, my coach, is a real person. And I know other people, you know, want that. They want that authenticity, that feeling of okay, this guy has an expertise, but uh, but he's he's also you know human being. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> that seems it seems to be very important um, to to most people these days. It's like they they want to know that that they themselves are human and the person that is is helping them and keeping them accountable. Really, I, I always look at a, a coach as someone who's keeping me accountable for my next step and my next step. You know, a good mentor as such is is someone who's been there, done that, or as I say, is going through the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that, that, uh, that you know, it's somebody to help keep you accountable. Um, also, I, I would say that, that, you know, coaching excellence, and again, this is really for the coaches now I'm talking to. You know, if I was to, to say a piece of coaching excellence, uh, and that's a big word, coaching excellence, right? But again, I like that powerful dynamic language, yeah. so that's why I'm using it. Uh, a piece of coaching excellence is really having this true sense that the person that you're coaching already has these wonderful radiant gifts within them, that they're already there, that the, that the coach just needs to help clear some of the cu- clutter, to, to wipe off some of the mud from the window, right? Create some clarity for that person so that they can see that they already have them, and then they can tap into their own strengths, their own goodness, their own you know, um, success, uh, with without the coach around, I often say to, to to folks going into coaching, one of the ultimate aims in coaching is to have your clients leave you. <laughs> right? Because yeah. if if they leave you, it means that they uh, they've learned how to self coach, yeah. and they've they've learned how to really tap into who they are as a person. And self coaching for me is a is a big piece. I, I think that that uh, people can learn to self coach, starting with a coach. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, really developing a, to a point where, where they get it themselves, like, aha, I get it. Mm-hmm. And they're able to, to move forward. But I think that's important. That we, we look at our clients, we look at people as if they already have this beauty inside of them, this radiance inside them, these skills, these gifts. And all we do is just help pull them out. Mm, that's lovely, Patrick. It really is. Because, again, that, that shows another uh, dynamic shift in our society. Because it was the time again where the coach, you, you don't want someone to go beyond where you are. And, yeah. Right? I mean, I'm sure you remember those days where that 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 whole facade of, yes. of no, I always need to be on the higher level or uh, to, of knowledge and of experience. Where it's very interesting. Um, in the uh, previous program with you, I said when uh, studying with elders of uh, different cultures. Their, their goal is, if there is a goal, but for them is to have the individuals that are around them bring them to the point where they have moved even beyond their teachings and experience. Yeah. And that is I- their joy. Yeah, that that's 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 uh, uh, an empowering stance as a coach, you know, to be in. Is that now? I think honestly, if, in a practical standpoint, some of that shift, you know, came from you know who knows, maybe Tom Friedman when he wrote "The World Is Flat" and got us thinking about that. You know, technology is 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 evening, the, you know, is evening the world. I mean, it's a level a level playing field because 
you know, as a, as a coach myself, I leverage technology. So in our country, right in the United States, what there's 300 million people, but there's 7 billion people in the world. (laughs) So, so the fact of getting, you know, having a client outgrow the relationship is a yes. positive thing. There's, there's, there's plenty to go around. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. There's, there's plenty to go around. So I do think that technology actually even helps that in some ways is that we don't no longer have to be so protective of, okay, I got to make sure I keep all these clients. If we're doing really good work and we're making an impact in people's yes. lives, uh, then the, the availability for clients, you know, uh, will be there. Absolutely. I totally agree. Now, now speaking about coaching and global, you have clients all over the world. And because they are all over the world, I am assuming at this point that you are using technology <laughs> to communicate with them. I am. Yes, I am. I, I typically, you know, uh, I mean, there's there's a whole variety of technology. I, I'm very fond of free. So, so I use Skype, you know, uh, yes, quite a bit. And, as we you know, are also, now. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, why not? I mean, they, they, they made it free and, and, and they made it easy. So yeah, I, I oftentimes via Skype and, you know, other, there's other technologies too. Uh, any meeting is one thing that I, I use, but, uh, but again, I mean, when Skype works and a lot of Europeans and, and fo- folks in other countries uh, are even more used to using Skype technology, I think, than than a lot of folks in this country, yes. uh, and probably because they travel a lot, right? There's, the borders are closer, you know, closer together, so they're in one country to the next. They're hopping around, so they keep in touch with their loved ones with with free Skype. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I do use I do use Skype a lot. I use this this kind of technology where we're able to to sort of interface face to face and and get to know and get to to really understand each other a little bit. Mm, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Now, could you tell us a little bit about your um, individual coaching program, Patrick? Yeah, I sure can. I mm-hmm. uh, well, I can, the the pro- well, I have, actually have quite a few. I mean, I have a coaching program that uh, that and I'll, I'll start with uh, with one, but I, I do have a coaching program that's for coaches, where I deal with coaches mm-hmm. and help them to to develop their coaching practice, to how to build a thriving coaching business. Um, so not just from the, the standpoint of, okay, here are the process steps that you need to do, although they are important and, you know, uh, incorporating other things into their lives to get their, their name out there. That's all important. Like locally here, I'm a, I, I host a local television show, um, started a, you know, I'm a wannabe, I say a wannabe blogger, started <laughs> a new blog, like all these things to get the name out there. Um, but even more importantly than that, you know, how to, how to really engage with clients. Mm-hmm. From the initial setup, meaning the assessment piece, if you use assessments, and that's why the under my name I, has discaffiliate.com, because that's one of the assessments I use, and that's a, a product-based site where, and those are personality assessments or behavioral assessments. So, really, how to engage already from the very beginning, you know, with assessments, and then how to engage and develop a rapport um, with with their clients, so much so. That that the client automatically feels like they've created a safe place, mm. and when we're in a safe place, right? When we feel safe as human beings, that's when we grow. So my coaching program for coaches is really all around yes, the process end of things, and but then also the 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 engagement piece, how to develop this rapport, how to de- use NLP and positive psychology to to make people feel comfortable, feel at home. So that they become a client and that they, they tell other people that, wow, hey, I met this person, this coach, and, you know, I think you should, you know, I think you should talk to them. Mm. Uh, and coaching is really a lot like that. It's a lot of referral, you know, referral-based business because people want to know, hey, how does it work? Uh, so that's one program. The other program I work with individuals is, is really designed around, uh, you know, uh, creating, helping and working with a client, understand their strengths. Uh, really get in, not just understand them, but then use those strengths each and every day uh, consciously to recognize that they have a strength in something or as the Gallup organization would call it in their work, the strength finders work, which mm. by the way is excellent work and you can buy a strength finders book, nothing to do with me, but uh, they're $14 probably on Amazon and you take a strength assessment in the back and it really helps people to identify what their strengths are and then really, uh, I work with them to, excuse me, to identify ways to apply those strengths consciously each and every day, because mm. 
really an unapplied strength may not be a strength. It may just be a talent or a propensity for a strength. When we start to put it to use, that's when it becomes a true strength. Uh, so that's one step in the process. The other uh, steps include designing a, a vision together, designing a goal, uh, mm-hmm. and, or, and, and a series of goals, and, and then using you know, uh, many processes for goal setting. So uh, there's a lot of research around how to set goals that are that not are, are self-concordant, but are attainable. And one of the processes I use, although it sounds kind of you know, uh, funny, it's called a, a, the, the, it's a self-interrogative form of goal setting. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it sounds pretty intense, right? It sounds pretty intense. And all it really is, is uh, it's, a, it's a process of setting goals and then looking at our goals and asking ourselves the question, will I really do this? Right? Putting it in the context of, Based off of everything I have going on right now, uh, based off of the future things I see happening, will I really do all the steps necessary to reach this goal? And but it's <laughs> a great. wonderful, yeah, it's a wonderful way to. And it, there's a ton of research around this, but there, and, and it's a wonder and a, in practice, really, which is more important. It's a wonderful way to to, to gain clarity around goals. Uh, like for example, I mean New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve resolutions, right? Someone sets a New Year's Eve resolution to lose 30 pounds in the first four months of the year. What a wonderful goal. (laughs) But what a wonderful goal to have. And it's a big picture and it's going to impact their entire life and it's going to make a huge difference in everything that they do. And and then when we start to self-interrogate, what we might find are things like, well, during the month, during you know the month of January, that person has four weddings to go to. (laughs) They got three bar mitzvahs. And they're invited to 16, you know, uh, parties at people's houses where there's a lot of buffet food. (laughs) And so when we start to self-interrogate, that person might say, you know, eh, 30 pounds might not be a a realistic goal. Maybe my goal for the first three or four months of the year will be not to maintain, I mean, to maintain or to lose five or or seven pounds. Mm. Uh, And then that, that helps us not to get discouraged on things. And to not feel as okay, I didn't reach my goals. I didn't le- lose the thirty pounds. Of course, you didn't, because we right we didn't take time to to really self interrogate them. Right. Uh, so we do we do, I, I do a lot of that in in the work, and a lot of the work that I focus on is is generating clarity, mm. helping people to generate clarity of of their circumstance. Because I, I, I do believe that clarity. When we can gain clarity in our dialogue, clarity in you know the way that we're feeling inside, clarity in the in the words that we use with other people, then you know clarity is an elixir. Clarity, clarity for ourselves is an elixir. It uh, it really helps to. It's a tonic. I mean, it really does help to make things different in our world. Mm-hmm. So between the the word clarity and uh, as we were saying. In a previous show, the word authenticity, they, they're almost hand in hand, aren't they, at a certain point? I would think so. I, w- I would think so. I think that being, they're, they're both things, right, <laughs> that, uh, that we have to constantly work towards. And they're also, again, a, a both, you know, both words or both concepts or ways of being, actually, that, uh, that get to the, to the root of who we are as people. And so in that sense, I think that they are very closely related. When we have clarity about ourselves, then we're more authentic. And when we're more authentic, then we're more clear with ourselves. And <laughs> others. So, yeah, I think that they're, you're probably right. They're, they're just dead. They're tied together. <laughs> That's wonderful. So, so I was going to ask you about um, for individuals who are working with you in your program. Um, so, it's really a one-on-one program that you offer. Uh, yes. Well, I offer the one-on-one program, and then I also offer the group program for coaches themselves. I see. Uh, the the one-on-one coaching, although it's a it's a one-on-one process, um, I do have a variation of the process which I which I like to use as often as I can, mm-hmm. and that is where I coach. Uh, you know, I coach with someone you know on a one-on-one basis for a period of time, and then uh, you know uh, intermittently there are group coaching calls, meaning that I pull together other coaching clients and we get on the call for say an hour and a half and I might have four or five or seven clients on one call and there's a process behind it so it's not just a free for all 
But what I find is that is that that adds a whole nother you know layer of 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 texture to a coaching relationship, and people feel that common bond with other people. And once we recognize that other people are have some of the similar things that we have going on in life, then it, it again it's another acceptance piece, and then we are, we open up more and we're more apt to grow. Because a lot of my uh, uh, clients, Christina, are coming for. Um, for massive gains in in confidence, the personal clients they want to gain, you know, a sense of being the kind of person who number one can draw the kind of things that they want into their life, and number two, to be the kind of person who walks into a room and feels like you know a room with a sea of people and really feel as though wow I'm comfortable in my own skin, and you know I can you know. Um, I can, I'm self-assured enough in my own skin to, in any situation, to be thrown in any situation. Uh, and that's a powerful feeling. It and is. it's something, yeah, and it's something that need, that we need to work on always over and over. And I'm a, I have a unique story behind that because I spent the first 30 years of my life not being able to look people in the eyes, mm. right? You know, so I, count, I come from the, the side of, hey, I know it works from working with thousands of people over the last 17 years. I know this, this, you know, this has an impact from working in organizations, um, but and I know it, it works from the research, but I also know it works because it works for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's something that I work with and something that I live with. And uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's really important. And actually, the other group that I'm a part of, uh, we mentioned team development group, but uh, I'm also a, uh, the executive director of a group called the Institute for Advanced Human Performance. and. Uh, in that work, we also deal with uh, you know public programs where we have people come to an immersion. They come to a one-day immersion, and they also go through an online learning process. That whole process is being revamped right now. We've mm. you know we've taught it you know for the last year and a half. The online piece is re- being revamped and should be ready you know fairly soon. Knock wood. <laughs> Everything's always fairly soon, but it, it takes a lot longer. So. But what's time? It's okay. We live in the present. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's so exciting. You you have your hands and all these different pots, and really all the pots are are one whole. It's like one whole big ocean, just different parts of the ocean that, <laughs> that you're swirling around in. It's fantastic. Yeah. Now, now, Patrick, how um how how about your family? I mean, do you have them involved? I, I, it, what we say is is like one drop is a thousand waves. If you are and you implement these habits, so to say, or um, this life, these life skills, it's it will emanate forward to anyone you contact. It's like your it, wonderful big words that make people feel wonderful and empowered. You know, you cannot but affect someone else's life. So your children, your partner, I mean, uh, are they right in with that whole flow of your rushing river there? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Now, uh, not to set the expectations too high, but yes, I mean, you know, everyone else has their their own life and, you know, people are are doing their own thing. But overall, uh, the answer to that is yes. I have my, you know, my two sons, um, I have a nine-year-old and a four-year-old. And the first question that I ask them every day is, you know, what are, you know, what are the three good things that happen to you during the day? My four-year-old, he, he preempts me. Like he gets to me first. He says, Daddy, I did three good things today. And you know, I, I, for about a month, he said the same three good things. So, but he would say, you know, he's four. He's in, he's, in, uh, uh, he's in a daycare. So he said, Daddy, we talked about dinosaurs. We talked about wind. And I played with my friend Antonio. And that's all, Daddy. <laughs> But, but yeah, it is, uh, of course, I, it's, uh, it's a way of life that, that, that I'm striving to be myself. And I, and I use that language carefully. I I strive to be because, uh, to me, there's a, there's a big difference in doing Mm -hmm. as opposed to being, um, do I, am, am I always being this kind of person? No, I'm not, I'm not always being this kind of person. However, when I'm not being this, you know, a, a positive person or a grateful person or a fortunate person, uh, it shows up for me really quickly. 
like I notice it. It's it's you know it, it's there for me, and then I'm able to 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 you know to self correct. So uh, so the answer is yeah. The the, the family's involved and they're involved you know on their own level. Uh, my belief is that you know if you have your children and your family asking you know what what's good going on, what are you grateful for, what are you fortunate for, that uh, that that'll show up you know in the you know in the future. Mm. Um, so, so it's, that's so wonderful to hear, Patrick. Um, many years ago, I had someone say to me that the, the most important question for at their dinner table with their children was what is the best thing that's ever happened to you today? And what is the not so nice thing that happened to you today? So that it creates the dialogue that, that for discussion you know, yeah. continuously. And I thought, oh, that's good. So I did implement that. <laughs> I think it's great. I, I do. I personally think it's great. You know, we have a, a mantra that, that, uh, in, you know, in my house and with my boys that, uh, that I actually, uh, borrowed from, uh, from the writing of, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King mm. and, and both of my sons know it, even the four year, year old. And we talk about it in the evening and it it all revolves around Dr. Martin Luther King has a lot of you know books, but most of them are compilations and writings of his sermons. And he has one that's titled uh, "A Tough Mind and a Tender Heart." <sighs> Tough mind and tender heart. So that's one of the things that that we strive for. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I like to throw it out to people: I'm, I'm, Am I always there? Of course not. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I'm, uh, my family always there. Of course not. But uh, but it is you know uh, very important to me that that you know in the family that we work towards having a tough tough minds and tender hearts mm, mm. Uh, and and the boys both know it I mean if I say to my four year old hey knight uh, tough mind and he'll say tender heart daddy oh that's <laughs> so, brilliant yeah it's it's important to me oh wonderful wow uh, you've shared so much wonderful information with us patrick um what what are you up to now are are you continuing your coaching of course but because you're you've delved in so many different areas what is it that you're up to at this present moment away from speaking with me <laughs> at the very at the very present moment uh, a couple things i have a couple really exciting things happening um a a colleague of mine and now a friend a very good friend kim Rowe, and I are uh, just completed writing um, an info line for the American Society of Training and Development. Mm. And an info line is really their monthly publication. They're 16 to 18 pages, and they're purchased primarily by organizations. Uh, we, we developed one, and we created one cover to cover on positive performance is the title. It should come out in June. Uh, and it's really exciting because it's all rooted in positive psychology and positive organizational scholarship. So that's one thing. So if you're watching this and you're interested in even just techniques, then check out the American Society of Training and Development. And I believe it's going to be the June issue. Uh, ASTD is the acronym. I think it's ASTD.org. It's, I think, the largest and most prestigious training association in the United States, probably a few hundred thousand members. Mm. Uh, that's one thing. The other thing is I am um, uh, trying to, and I'll, I'll get there. It's it's happening. Complete a uh, ebook series uh, that's uh, that that'll that's all around making things simple. So NL, NLP made simple, positive mm-hmm. psychology made simple. Really, again, going back to that clarity piece, you know, cleaning cleaning up, making things really easy for people to understand. What is NLP from a theoretical standpoint? But what are the things that? How can I apply it to my life? Mm-hmm. And how can it make a difference right now? Uh, same thing with positive psychology and confidence. You know, c- making confidence simple. So without a, a lot of you know uh, a lot of theory, but just a lot of uh, pulling away the theory and just getting down to the the meat and potatoes. So that's another thing. And then uh, my work with the Institute for Advanced Human Performance is uh, is still ongoing. Yes, for one, but I'll, I'll give you one more is my blog. Yay! <laughs> uh, I just, I'm a wannabe blogger, meaning that, uh, that it's brand new to me. This is a new avenue, trying this blogging style. I'm still finding my voice. And I have a blog that I recently started called amagneticu.com, amagneticu.com. And it really, all it is, is simple wisdom and tips to help people pull the things that they want in their life a little bit closer. There'll be videos and interviews and and some writings there as well. 
Oh, that's magnificent. You're not a wannabe. If, if you've written a few <laughs> blogs already, you are a bee. <laughs> yes, I, I am a bee, I guess, yes. I, I want to get to be a better bee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually taking a class on, on how to you know, write. It's been so many years of, especially this kind of writing, it's different, you know, writing a blog. And fortunately, uh, I have people who can help me edit, so, <laughs> which is helpful. <laughs> That's wonderful, Patrick. You see, as I said, you you're a man of the ocean. You just have these different different areas that you're working with and swirling that water there. Um, so, Patrick, I do have one question that that uh, one more that's lingering right now. Where is there prerequisites for people before they sign up for your courses? Um. I would say yes. In some senses, there are, there are prerequisites, and when we talk about uh, the individual coaching, so if, if someone wants to to uh, take the the uh, the coaching program, if they're a coach, meaning that you know the, how to build a thriving coaching business, the prerequisite is that they're a coach and that they've you know already worked with you know with clients, that mm-hmm. they've already had you know some engagement you know with clients. If you're an individual who's looking to to take you know on a coach, you know myself and I also have you know folks who work with me, then the prerequisite always is that that they uh, sign on for at least a minimum of three months, again, so that there's a commitment there on both ends, and that they um, they approach things as Dr. Uh, Carol Dweck would say, with a growth mindset. That they're they're coming in expecting to grow, expecting things to to be different, mm. because that expectation piece is huge, right? And not just expectation, uh, Christina, from the standpoint of uh, I expect everything to be wonderful. No, I expect mm-hmm. the challenges. I expect the good stuff. I expect to to have growth. And when we have a, that that standpoint of expectation, realistic expectation, uh, and clients commit to that, then we're able to make some really dynamic progress together and some and, and make some massive shifts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes that commitment it, it's uh sometimes we can commit and then it, we kind of sway a little bit because it gets a little you know bumpy <laughs> yes. and then to to continue that commitment is is critical to to shift to change and, and that commitment itself right is is a big piece isn't oh, it i mean we goodness. make the commitment that's the start of that's the start of growth that's the first step yeah. Right. The first step of coming into contact to say, I want to do this. So yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. I'll be at your doorstep. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Patrick. Now, is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, just, uh, just thank you. Thank you. And I'm very, I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate to get the time to, uh, to, to carve out and have this conversation with you. And, uh, really I just, I'm fortunate and I'm grateful uh, to you, to, to, you know, for you, for listening to this and any watchers watching this, and I'm always open to, to having dialogue, feel free to reach, you know, reach me. If you go through a, a magnetic you, it's easiest way or disc affiliate, you can reach me as well, but, uh, reach me in, in questions. I love dialogue. I love conversation. I love collaboration and sharing ideas. Fantastic. Well, as I say, we'll be right there. <laughs> we are right <laughs> here. <laughs> Thank you so much, Patrick, for your time. You. And we are honored uh, with your expertise. And we look forward to having you uh, as well on the other shows. So more to come from Patrick Howell. <laughs> and of course, we would like to thank Segovia Smith and the Yoga Hub team for making all this possible. And to each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We're always grateful for your continuous support and we look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. Now, if you'd like to contact and be in touch with Patrick for his coaching program or any of the wonderful things that he does, you can reach him at discaffiliate.com, discaffiliate.com. Or if you check out his blog, his new blog, magneticu.com amagneticu.com. Now, as you very well know, these um, these URLs are living on our site uh, so that you can just click right onto them and get transported there immediately. Um, and also, if you would like uh, to share your questions or comments, you can do so in the comment box on the screen, or you can just give us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK. 
818-LET'S-TALK. Be sure to leave us your um, contact information so that we can get right back to you. Everything is kept confidential. And if it is a question for Patrick Howell, we will definitely forward it to him and um, send you that information right when we receive it back. So thank you so much again for joining us and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you and namaste. So there, there are actually two different virus, viruses. They're a little bit similar, but the, the measles that we're having the outbreak with is called, it's a rubiola virus. Hmm. And the German measles is a rubella virus. And you've heard the word rubella. Most parents have heard that word when they have to hear about vaccinations for their kids, where they have that vaccination, the MMR vaccinations, which is measles, mumps, and rubella. So they mm-hmm. called them mm-hmm. the measles that they